Good evening. How's everybody doing? All the way here today, you know what I was singing? I am bound for the promised land. All the way here. You got to sing that when you're coming to the promised land, right? Are you glad to be here tonight? Are you ready to worship the Lord? Let's stand, please. He's a wonderful Savior to me. time to make you feel welcome tonight. So at this time, go find somebody you hadn't talked to yet and tell them hello.
We got some men that can sing that wonderful about the street. Ready? I'm warning you. I expect it. You got it? You're on? It's in the book. It's 268 in the red book. It'll be up there too. You ready? I'll even let you sit. Oh, 
you're ready to preach, aren't you? Yep. That's what I was thinking. I hope you're free. Have you heard the message tonight about how amazing our God is? How wonderful, amazing, loved us so much that He sent His one and only Son to die on a cross for our sins. I'm not sure I'd be willing to do that. I've got two children. I don't know if I could give them up. Not for folks who I know aren't worth it. But He did it. For the worst of us. We think we're all pretty good. But He did it for the worst. The very worst. Love this. Amazing. Can't believe it. Amazing. The song we're about to sing talks about that. And I know most of you may not know it. You young folks probably have heard it if you listen to K-Love or anything like that. But uh, if you don't know it, just read the words, listen to the words. Put the words right here. We're going to end it with something that you know. Sing out loud. There's a singing bunch of folks right here. Stand with me, though. I want you to stand for this. You're the one who walked on water. You're the one who walked on water. And you calm the raging seas. You command the highest mountains to fall upon their knees. You're the one who welcomes sinners. And you open blinded eyes. You restored the broken hearted. And you brought the dead to life. Forgetting all our sins. You remember all your promises. And you are amazing. More than amazing. Forever our God. You're more than enough. You are amazing. With authority you've spoken. And you set the captive free. You're the king who came to serve. And you're the God who washed our feet. You're the one who took our burdens. And you bled upon the cross. In your kindness and your mercy, you became the way for us. Forgetting all our sins. Lord, you remember all your promises. And you are amazing. More than amazing.
We thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity to come and worship you, sing praises to your name. But Father, now we come to the time where we get to hear your word. Bless Brother Josh tonight as he stands before us and speaks from your heart the things that you've given to us, the things that you've given to him for us to hear and to understand. Change us, God. Make us different than we were when we came in here tonight. Move in us tonight. Thank you tonight for your Son, Jesus Christ, and all that He's done for us. And it's in His precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 7 this evening. If you're glad to be here, say amen. What a wonderful, wonderful night it has been in the Lord's house, and that's just the beginning of it. And uh, Brother Paul, boy, what a privilege it's been to have him tonight. And uh, he's like fuel on the fire tonight. And I'm, man, I'm like a bottle rocket sitting over there ready to go off. And felt like that fuse was about six foot long. So uh, I'm glad to be saved. I am glad to be saved. I am glad to be a born-again child of God. And the the greatest thing about my salvation is I get to enjoy it. I get to celebrate what I have in Jesus. And thank you so much. We have visitors all over the house. Thank you for being here. Uh, But thank you all so much. I told you Sunday morning that if we're going to have revival, it's going to take a little sacrifice. And you all have definitely sacrificed to be here tonight. Thank you so much to the Lord. Be all the honor and all the glory. Are you all ready tonight? Are you all ready to let the Lord take control this evening? I want to invite you to the Word of God. I want to invite you to allow the Lord to work in your life. Romans chapter 7 and in verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. Now notice what he said. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. We can stop right there. I want to talk to you tonight about the purpose of God's law. This is a very different sermon than you'd probably normally hear for a revival sermon. This is very simple tonight. This is a rudimentary uh, sermon that you're going to hear. This is very simple. This is very basic. This is out of the ordinary. But this is where I felt felt led to go to tonight. This is what I feel like God has for us. And I want to be obedient to the Lord tonight. And as long as His will is done in this place, great things are going to happen. And so I want to explain to you tonight the purpose of God's law. In every aspect of our life, there are rules and there are laws and there are guidelines that we are to live our life by. There are laws and rules written within our community, within our city, within our state, within our federal government. If you go to work, there's a set of rules, there's a set of guidelines that you must go by. Everywhere we go in life, there's guidelines, there's rules. And as a kid, I never liked them. 
To be honest with you, I like to break them more than I did keep them sometimes. But the reality of it is, everywhere we turn in life, we have a set of rules that is set before us that we must follow. But I want you to know above the law of the city and above the law of the land is the law of God. And that law is above every law that man has ever given you. God's law is above everything that we can abide by today. It's above the guidelines of the city. It's above the guidelines of what you go through at work. God's law is above all. If you think about there in the book of Exodus, if you remember when Moses went to Mount Sinai, the Bible said there was thunder and lightnings there on Mount Sinai. And there that day God handed down His law to mankind. And what I really like to explain the law as is this. It's not necessarily as much God's law as it is God's expectation to us. Because when God gave Moses the law, God simply gave Moses his expectation of the nation of Israel. He gave him his expectation of humanity. Now we can never have to guess about what God expects from us. We never have to wonder where God stands. Let me tell you something. We don't know where politicians stand today, do we? But friend... I guarantee you this, we know exactly where God stands. Because way back yonder on Mount Sinai, He gave His expectations to humanity, to Moses, and then He passed them down to us in the Old Testament that said that there's 613 Old Testament laws. In the New Testament, there are 1,050 commandments that we are given by the Lord that we are to follow. Friend, we have no excuse tonight. God has given us His expectations. So, this is what that means. Since we have the law and He has given us His Word, that means He expects us to follow it. That means He expects us to live by it. That means He expects us to apply it to our life. You know why? Because there's coming a day that we will be held accountable to those expectations. We will stand before God. Pointed unto man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. We will stand before God, the books will be open, and His expectations will be compared to our life. And friend, I have a feeling we're all going to fall to those expectations. There it is in our Bible, the expectations of God. What is the purpose of that law tonight? Number one, to reveal sin. To reveal sin. I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul said in verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? He asked the question, is the law sin? To be honest with you, we probably, a lot of people don't like the law. A lot of people don't like rules. They don't like regulation. A lot of people don't like the laws of God. We live in a society today that hates the Word of God. They despise what God says. They despise what He gave us all of them years ago. They, they don't want anything to do with this. But in reality, He asked the question, is the law sin? And then He answered it with this, God forbid. And that simply means, may it never be. The law of God has never been sin, nor is it sin today, nor will it ever be sin, ever, ever, ever. The law of God, what he says over in verse 12, is that the law is holy. The commandment holy and just and good. Let me tell you something about the Word of God. Let me tell you something about the law of God. It's holy today. It's just today. It's good today. I want you to know the best thing that we have in our life today is the law of God. When mankind is sinful, when humanity falls short, the law of God is perfect and holy and without error. You say, preacher, I don't like it. Well, I don't either. (laughs) Because it hurts, don't it? It hurts. But listen... The Word of God doesn't need to be changed. The law of God doesn't need to be changed. We're the ones that need to be changed. And that's where we come into the law and we don't like the law because it's so good, but yet it reveals so much bad. You see, what the law does is when you look at it, notice what the Apostle Paul said here. Look over in verse uh, number 7. 
there to end, he said, Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. One day he looked at the law, and it said, Thou shalt not covet. And he went back in his mind and his heart, and he said, Hey, I've lusted before. And you see, that's what the law of God does. It reveals sin in our lives. Sin is the breaking of God's law. It is the inability or failure to follow the law of God in our life. In fact, the Apostle John said, For sin is the transgression of the law. If you have ever done anything, an action that goes against the law of God, you have committed a sin. What reveals right, what reveals wrong today? Thus saith the Lord. What is the standard of good? What is the standard of evil? Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Well, I don't like it, preacher. Well, tough. It's there for us. Amen? This is the divider. This is what reveals right and wrong in the world. And friend, we live in a society today who has it backwards. Where right is wrong and wrong is right. But friend, God is always right. Amen? And if He calls it right, it's right. If He says it's wrong, it's wrong. And this is what reveals sin. This is what reveals our actions. And friend, if our actions is, goes against this, may I tell you that God is not happy. Because that means we have failed to fulfill the expectation of God. This reveals sin in our life. Now notice what he said in verse 9. For I was alive without the law once... But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Now you look at that verse long and hard, and there's a lot of thinking to do there. But this is where we get the good old Baptist term, age of accountability. And notice what the Apostle Paul said, I was alive without the law once. Before the law came to me, I was alive. That meant that he was saved inside. Listen to me. Listen. The day that you were born... You were born safe in the hands of the Lord. Kennedy is a sinner. But Kennedy is three years old and she doesn't know that she's a sinner. And I've heard this preached and I've heard this said, that, oh, these kids that die, oh, I hope God saved them. I hope God saved them. I'm thinking, what in the world are you talking about? What are you talking about? These people with the, they, they don't have the mental capacity to understand, and, and we call it, uh, and we call it, uh, handicap, and, and these issues. And friend, God ain't gonna make them go to hell. And this is what Paul said. He said, before sin revived, I was alive. Before I looked at the law, and I understood what sin was, I was alive inside. You know what that means? That we are safe in the hands of the Lord. That means my daughter right now is three years old. She has no idea what sin is. She's a sinner every day. Ask her mama. She's got to put up with her. She's a sinner every day. But God's not going to hold that little baby accountable for her sin. She's alive. She's safe in the hands of the Lord. Well, that's a loving God, isn't it? Well, what a great God we serve to know that we're safe in the hands of the Lord. But one day the law came. And the law revealed sin in the life of Paul. One day it's going to come to Kennedy. And it's going to tell her, you're a sinner. This is what sin is. And at that very single moment, Paul said, I died. You know what happened? He got lost. I have people all the time, preacher, I want to get saved. I want to get saved. I want to get saved, friend. Before you can get saved, you've got to get lost. You've got to get lost. You've got to get lost. And when we go to the law of God, sin is revealed in our life. And when we come to that age and that place and that understanding where we have committed sin in our life, sin is in our hearts and inside we die inside. That means at that very moment that I realized I was a sinner, I stood accountable. I stood accountable. And I've used this before, but I like it. Kaylin comes in. I say, Kaylin Ann, you go clean your room. I don't want to. <laughs> you know that whooping's coming. <laughs> I go in there, she still hadn't cleaned it. I'm fighting, fussing. I said, I've had enough. It's whooping time right here, right? It's judgment time. I'm the head of this house, and I told you I'm your daddy. You listen to me. 
And so here she comes, and she's done wrong. And I hold her accountable to it. And now she's got to pay the price. Now she's got to pay the price. Let me tell you something. We have a Heavenly Father that has laid down a set of expectations. You have failed. I have failed. You have come short. I have come short. And there is coming a day that we will be held accountable to our sins. I want you to know that you have to pay for your sin. For the wages of sin is death. There is a punishment for sin. And the wages of that sin is death. It is eternity without God. It is going to that place called hell. The law reveals sin, but friend, the law reveals sinners. I want you to go over in verse 23. Are you with me tonight? I know it's one of these sermons. Oh, preacher, this ain't one of my tickle-the-ear, feel-good messages. It's not. But I'm telling you, we need something like this now. Because before we can get saved, we got to get lost. Understand what Paul did. Paul got to the place where he understood what sin was and he died inside. And when he seen himself in his sin, notice what he said in verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Friend, the God's law reveals sin, but it also reveals sinners. The Apostle John said, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. If you've ever committed a sin, you know what that makes you? It makes you a sinner. It makes you one that has transgressed or broken the law of God. Well, I've never broken God's law. You're a liar. <laughs> I don't mean to call you out, but the Word of God calls you out. Friend, we're all sinners. The Bible declares that every one of us comes short of the glory of God. That every one of us is a sinner in this room. Everybody in the world is a sinner. You say, preacher, I don't believe in that God stuff. Well, you're still a sinner. Whether you believe in it or not, you're still a sinner. And I'm a sinner, and we're going to be held accountable to our sins. We need tonight to look in a mirror. And look at ourselves the way a holy and righteous God sees us. Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am. People say, I'm going to heaven because I've done good. Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am. There's preachers say, if you keep the law, you'll go to heaven. Paul took the law, applied it to himself, and he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. If you apply the law to your life, you will find a sinner every single time. How you think you can go to heaven by keeping that, friend, that is a heresy, that is a lie from the devil. You can never keep the law, you can never be good enough to go to heaven. Because every time the law is applied to your life and mine, we we find a sinner. We find a sinner every single time. Now, I want you to look with me here. Look over in Isaiah 64. If you're with me, say amen. Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64. And I want you to notice something. I want you to see this. Isaiah 64. And in verse 6. Notice this, notice the prophet Isaiah, he said, But we are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Do you realize that your very best in front of a holy and righteous God is filthy rags? Your very, very best. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Listen here. And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee, for thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities, because of our sins. Look with me in Psalm 14. Look with me in Psalm 14. Oh, mercy. Oh, mercy. There came a day that the Creator looked down. Oh, man, there was a day that our Creator looked down upon us. The one who loves us. The one who made all for us. 
The one who made us in His image. The one who made us for His fellowship. I want you to know there's nobody that loves you more than a holy and righteous God. But there was a day that He looked down in verse 2 of Psalm 14. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. Notice what He found. They were all gone aside. They were all together become filthy. And there is none that doeth good, no, not one. No, not one. Preacher ain't never killed anybody. Preacher ain't never committed adultery. You ever told a lie? You're a sinner. You ever lusted in your heart? You're a sinner. But really, you didn't have to do anything to be a sinner. You're a sinner because of the seed of man. You were born in this world a sinner. And God looked down. Is there anybody that seeks me? I made them. I give them everything they have. Is there anybody that loves me? And He looked down. Not one person. Because every one of them is filthy. Every one of them is sinful. That's across the board. That's universal. Friend, that's every one of us. Every one of us, we come short. Every time the law of God is applied to us, we find a sinner. The law of God will always declare me a sinner. It will never glorify me. It will never exalt me. It will never lift me up. May I tell you, when the law of God is applied to your life and mine, it will condemn us every time. It will condemn you all day, every day for all of eternity. The law of God will always condemn you. And people take the law and they preach, oh, if you do good enough. Friend, you can never equal up to this. You can never satisfy the expectation of a holy and righteous God. You can't do it. You can't do it. Every time I apply the law to my life, I find a sinner. Notice Romans. Excuse me, Galatians chapter 3. And I know I've had gloom and doom for you. But let's get on shouting ground for a minute. Y'all ready? Man, I've had nothing but bad news for you. Let me share the good news for you now. Every time we look at the law, it reveals sin. It reveals sinners, but may I tell you, it reveals the Savior. Notice what it said in Galatians 3 and 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. I'm sitting there with Kaylin and I say, all right, Kaylin Ann, it's judgment day. It's whooping time. And she stands accountable. And then the oddest thing, her little brother comes running in the room. Wait, Daddy, don't whoop her. I'll take it for I would lose my mind if he ever did that. <laughs> but somebody's done that. Wait, Father. I know they're all unrighteous. I know none of them are worthy. I know they all deserve hell. But you put that penalty and that punishment on me. Friend, there came a day when the Son of Glory became the Son of Man. And He put upon Himself the robes of humanity. I want you to know that Jesus became flesh and He dwelt among us. I want you to know the devil threw everything he could at him. I want you to know the Pharisees did everything they could to get him to mess up. But I want you to know why you have failed to succeed the expectation of God. Blessed be the name of God that Jesus Christ came and He fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law of God and every expectation that God ever gave us. You've broke it. You've let Him down. And so have I. But friend, Jesus met every single one of them. He fulfilled every jot and tittle of it. When you couldn't live by it, Jesus did. When you couldn't fulfill it, Jesus did. When you couldn't succeed by it, Jesus did. Friend, when you couldn't do it, Jesus did it for you. 
Isn't it wonderful today to know that in my failure, I am so happy and I thank the Lord that I have a Savior in Jesus. I apply the law of God to me and I find a sinner every single day. But when I apply it to Jesus, friend, I find a Savior. I find a Savior. The Bible said that Pilate took him into his hall and he said, oh, I got him now. He took the Roman law. He took the Jewish law. He took the law of God. He threw every bit of it at Jesus and not near one thing ever stuck on Jesus. I want you to know that when he took him out to with Barabbas and he said, which one do you want? And they said, we want Barabbas. You crucify Jesus. And they said, well, I'll tell you what. Pilate said, I'm going to wash my hands. He said, because this man hadn't done anything wrong. This man was perfect. This man is without error. He has not broken the law of man, has, nor has he broken the law of God. And then as he laid upon the cross, there was two men, one on each side. And one said, oh, if you be the Son of God, come down. The other one said, would you hush, dummy? <laughs> we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. He's done nothing to deserve this. So why is it today that he died? Why is it today that he went to Calvary? Because, friend, Calvary and the cross is the payment of sin. It is the payment for your sin and my sin. And the only way that we can escape a devil's hell is Calvary had to take place. And I'm going to tell you that wasn't His death to die. <laughs> it wasn't His cross to bear. It was mine and it was yours. Oh, boy, them Roman soldiers put it on Him. No, friend. He laid Himself down freely. <laughs> he laid Himself freely down for us because He knew that when we failed, that He succeeded. Darkness fell upon the face of the earth. Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. Now let's go back all them years. The low prophet by the name of Isaiah said there's going to come a day when Jesus is on that cross and He's going to offer His blood that God the Father is going to look down and He's going to be satisfied. He's going to be satisfied. Listen. He's not satisfied with you. But He's satisfied with Jesus. He's not satisfied by your work. He's not impressed by your good deeds. But He's impressed by the work of Jesus. I want you to know when your work couldn't satisfy Him, Jesus' work did. Listen to me. The law of God condemns you. But the law of God glorifies Jesus. The law of God puts us down. <laughs> Brother Chuck, it lifts Jesus up. And it glorifies Him. Oh, are you one of them? He's the way, the truth, and the life. I sure am. He's the only way. Amen. There is no other way to get to heaven but by Jesus. You know why? Because only He has satisfied the expectation of God. During this sermon, you may have said, well, I failed Him. You have. But Jesus didn't. He has paid the price for you. When old Connor comes running in the room, Daddy, don't whoop him, don't whoop him. I'll pay the price for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus comes in, Father, I'll save them. I'll save them. I'll save them. Friend, He wants to save tonight. He wants to save your soul. He wants to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. But you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to look at yourself in that mirror. And you're going to have to see what God sees. Let me tell you something. He's not impressed. But preacher, I've tithed all of these years. I've gone to church all of these years. Jesus said, there are many that will stand before me. Say, God, God, have I not prophesied in thy name? 
Man, I've worked hard for you. He said, I ain't impressed with that. Do you know the only way to please God tonight is by faith? It's by placing our trust and faith, not in what I can do, but what He has already done for me at the cross of Calvary. You know what salvation is? It is a belief that the finished work of Jesus exceeds the expectations of God. He takes our life. He opens it up. He's not pleased. But oh, when He sees Jesus. <laughs> hey, when I go in before His presence, my best is His filthy rags. Well, Brother Allen, the Bible says that when I get to heaven, Jesus is going to give me a robe. And I'm going to put it on so I can enter the very presence of a holy and righteous God. It's not my robe. It's the robe Jesus gave me. The only way that I can stand before God is in Jesus. In His work, not mine, but in His. Hell's a real place. And real people die and go to hell every day. Do not go to hell tonight. As we go on through this message, you say, Preacher, I'm a sinner. And I'm going to pay. It's time to get saved right now. It's time to get saved right now. Maybe you're here tonight you say, Preacher, I'm saved. These altars are wide open tonight. Let's pray for those that need to be saved. Let's pray for those family members that need to be saved. Let's pray for those. Let's pray for those around us. Man, I'm telling you, we've been having revival, hadn't we? It's been awesome. Man, I've been sopping it up. Man, I like it. I'm drinking from my saucer. Because my cup has overflowed. God is so good. When's the last time you just fell before me and you said, Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Let's all stand. Very quiet, very reverent. Listen to these songs. Listen to these words. If you need to be saved, would you come? If you need to come to the altar, if you need to make a public decision, would you come tonight? Surrendering all, surrendering all. Find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you. I'm desperate for you.
Lord, have your way. breathe within Lord have your way Lord have your way in me like a mighty storm stir within my soul and Lord have your way Lord have your way surrender I want to know 